Hello and welcome to Chemical Free Gals podcast. I hope you're doing well this week. So I wanted to take some time this week to discuss a little bit about toxigenic mold and our environment, especially where we live indoors. You know, the World Health Organization has declared that air pollution is a public health emergency. The statistics state that 90% of the global population are enduring toxic outdoor air. Those numbers are staggering. And yes, outdoor pollution is a very serious problem. Many people are injured and develop lifelong disabilities or disabling symptoms because of exposure to toxins outdoors and to outdoor pollution. There are farmers, gardeners, landscapers, people that have worked in certain uh, factories that produce chemicals who have ended up very sick. And this is a cause for concern. We know that the exhaust from our vehicles is not something we should be standing behind and inhaling. So air pollution is a very big problem. However, Indoor air pollution is just as problematic, if not worse. And I want to touch on this subject because I have just dealt with a few families this week who have been homeless. Um, They're experiencing what's called hidden homelessness. And hidden homelessness is basically when you um, do not have a home for whatever reason. You either can be sleeping in your car, sleeping in a tent. You could be crashing with your family on someone's sofa or on the floor. You could be cramming into a motel or hotel room for weeks and weeks or months on end. And it's called hidden because this type of homelessness is not really reported about. And there are really no benefits or help for families who experience hidden homelessness. And our family experienced homelessness for about nine months, um, three different seasons, and because of toxigenic mold. And so this week, my heart was just touched and reaching out to these families, um, trying to help them and steer them and get them access to resources because uh, they're renters and there's mold in their home and the mold is making them sick. And so mold is a hot topic these days, especially this last year, 2020, and parts of 2019 as well. We saw a huge increase in cases on lawsuits pertaining to toxigenic mold, making people sick, especially in 2020. A lot of military families came forth complaining about the living conditions they were expected to live in with their children while their spouses were, you know, actively serving in the military, which is horrendous. There are uh, lawsuits now from various groups across the country because of, you know, um, sick buildings, uh, rat infestations, toxigenic mold, and other issues. And so it is a big problem. I believe that it should be a public health emergency. I believe that we need to start educating people more about 
what living and or working in a sick building can do to you. So I want to talk about my case um, because it's easy to, you know, I can bring up articles and mention interviews that I've had with doctors and scientists, friends of mine, and I can give you all the statistics and I can point you to all the papers, right, that discuss what um, biotoxins inside of water damaged buildings can do. But I think there's power in experience. And if I tell you my own story, just a little piece of it, maybe it'll help um, convince you and or give you more information that you may find helpful in your own journey. So I can't tell you my whole story because I need a couple hours to do that. But I want to touch on what happened to me. So here I was in my early 20s, very healthy. I did not do drugs. I did not smoke. I drank very rarely, and by rarely I mean maybe every few months I would have a couple glasses of wine or one or two beers. It wasn't something I did nightly. I exercised about six to seven days a week. I actually trained in the gym. Very healthy. I was the green, you know, green smoothie girl. In my international health and wellness blog that I had at the time, I ran several challenges internationally. Um to do organic green smoothies every day for a certain amount of days. And I gave health and wellness talks. I participated in retreats for women where I shared about health and wellness and about faith. And I handcrafted dozens of organic and herbal products for our family and for others. I taught um, various audiences about healthy eating and healthy cooking. I developed over a hundred different recipes for various dietary protocols. I was working on a recipe book at the time, working full time, you know, serving my family, volunteering at church, exercising. And I'd been doing this for years and it was not a problem at all until I decided to switch up uh, what I was doing. I was in the property management area. And uh, I liked it, but it was becoming a little heavy and just frustrating for me. And so I did a complete U-turn and started working in a very old building that I didn't know at the time had had a history of mold and water intrusion that was never dealt with or, or fixed. And within the first year, I began uh, to have many symptoms that were very weird and alarming. So the main symptoms at that time were tachycardia, bradycardia, low blood pressure, itchy, bleeding scalp to where my scalp would come out in chunks. I'd have, you know, my body would be covered in flakes from scratching so much under my nails. There was blood. I developed what looked like um, dry patches in different areas of my body that would itch um, just constantly and just the scratching would sometimes cause me to bleed. It almost looked like psoriasis. I started developing styes in my eyes um, for no reason. I thought at the time it was my makeup, so I stopped using eye makeup. And at this point, I had already transitioned to all natural petroleum-free um, makeup. And so I knew it wasn't anything toxic that I was using because I was using products on my eyes that were made from beeswax and mineral colors. <laughs> so I wasn't using, you know, the 
huge brands that I had used for a long time prior to knowing how toxic cosmetics can be and how there are no regulations for safety. So I had already done this switch in my cosmetics. I was already making a lot of my beauty products myself. And so I knew it couldn't be that. And so, well, I said, well, you know what? I'm, I'm getting these styes every single week. And, you know, I would wake up and um, have my eyes would just be bloodshot. You know, just blood in my eyes. And then I started having um, carpal tunnel syndrome. Uh, it was very difficult for me to type. Uh, the pain was very intense. Then the pain started going up my arm to my shoulder. Then I noticed pain in my muscles all over my body. Intense pain um, to where getting up and showering or cooking was a very big ordeal. So my doctor at the time uh, diagnosed fibromyalgia and said, oh, you have, look like you may have a, a mild case of ME, myalgic encephalomyelitis. And I spent my weekends basically just crashing. I was just so exhausted and tired. And this went on month after month, year after year. The symptoms got so severe, I was experiencing extreme lapses in memory. I could not remember something as simple as taking a prescription or a vitamin. And I did this several times, uh, completely alarmed our children because I'd opened my bottles and I had my list, you know, glued against the cabinet. And I'd say, okay, one of this, one of that. I take them and I, one minute, sometimes two minutes later, I, you know, my hand on my head and my forehead, I'm saying, did I take this supplement? And guys, did you, did you remember seeing mommy take this? And say, and the kids would say, mom, what's happening with you? We just saw you. It hasn't even been two, three minutes. Mommy, you just took it. And I would sit there just really staring into space thinking, what the heck is going on with me? I have no recollection of taking these supplements. And so that really worried my husband. It really worried me too. You know, in the office, I had to start recording meetings with my boss because I couldn't remember the action points once I got back to my desk. Whereas before, I mean, I was go, 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 go. I read two to four books a week. You know, I did uh, legal work um, in my previous jobs. You know, I would have no issues writing up uh, paperwork with a legal verbiage. Um, I had no issues, you know, working with numbers and money uh, in the mortgage industry that I worked in for many years. All of this just stopped. Um, I was having trouble just deciphering what was written in an email. And something that would take me five minutes now took me several hours. And the fatigue and pain I experienced after just very simple activities was overwhelming. I didn't know at the time that those were, you know, symptoms of ME and fibromyalgia. But it wasn't just ME and fibromyalgia. You know, I, I didn't want to just accept this is just a diagnosis. Oh, you're going to have to live with it. I intuitively and as I prayed and we talked to my husband, we were just thinking there has to be something else. This doesn't make sense. You know, doctors kept asking me if I was doing drugs, if I was drinking. They thought that maybe I was under a lot of stress, you know, as a young mom and I was doing too much. And I kind of just chuckled and said, guys, I'm in my 20s. You know, I've been run, run, run and doing things like this for a while. I eat very healthy. Um, 
and there's no reason why this should be happening. I just could not accept that. Okay. You have these, these labels slapped on you and that's it, you know, suck it up buttercup. <laughs> and so I kept researching and looking and we kept going to doctor after doctor doing scans, tests, blood works. I was hospitalized. Um, and I went to the point where, you know, my physician ordered nuclear testing. So it's the, uh, Give, uh, inject these nuclear isotopes and they use special cameras and the cameras are scanning for any site of inflammation or infection in the body. And the reason why they, was doing, they were doing this, it was because I was going through um, pretty much every day in my office, I was having what's called FUO, fevers of unknown origin. They could not explain why I was, why I was running fevers every time I was in my office and um, it was very frustrating for me because it just felt really, really sick and it didn't make sense, you know, and I did in the beginning get prescribed antibiotics um, and then I was told to, you know, take some antiviral supplements because I thought it was just viruses causing, a, you know, a spike in temperature, but it kept, kept happening so much along with the other symptoms and ending up in the ER several times and them saying, something's wrong. Um, you need to go see a cardiologist. So we went to the cardiologist, went to the neurologist. I had all sorts of testing done. But my point is in sharing some of this, there was no reason for any of this to happen to a very healthy 20 something year old. And I'll give you a little bit about my diet. So in the morning I would wake up and green smoothies for everyone, you know, green smoothies were our life in the first 10 years when our kids were young. And so it was a great way to get them to have fruits and vegetables. And I would always say, chew your smoothies guys, because we need to activate our enzymes. <laughs> we need to make sure we're, you know, digesting things properly. And so you'd see my kids in the car on the way to school and they're chomping down their green smoothie, you know? And so my green smoothies had, um, a good balance of fats, you know, protein, fat, and fiber. And I would add some sprouted oats to them. And sometimes I'd maybe add, you know, some strawberries, sprouted oats, a little bit of avocado. Um, I might add in a piece of mango if I had, you know, whatever I had on hand, um, maybe some uh, sprouted sunflower and pumpkin seeds, some flax seeds. And so our smoothies change daily and we'd have, you know, along with that, um, you know, the kids would have maybe a boiled, uh, pastured egg with, um, you know, a homemade gluten-free toast or homemade banana bread or something like that. Um, and so those were my breakfasts, you know, lunch, big salads. I have always been a big proponent of eating foods that are nutrient dense, you know, getting our, uh, phytonutrients and, uh, having 75% of our plate be you know, plant-based. I, I believe that's very important for health and for healing. And so I, you know, ate pretty healthy dinner, you know, lean protein. Sometimes I'd sprout all our grains and legumes and, um, make chilies, both vegan and paleo. And so we really didn't, um, eat unhealthy. I didn't allow processed foods in the house. Uh, there were no microwave foods. Um, everything I made from scratch, you know, when I made a batch, batch of bone broth, it was all done by hand, you know, no cutting corners. If I made, um, a pasta bolognese, I would, you know, uh, make my own sauce and would be cooking for hours. And so I was that mom, 
that, you know, some people find annoying, but that was me. You know, I was a mom that would show up to a church function or a birthday with my, you know, refrigerated pack and I'd have cake for my kids that I had baked because I wouldn't let them eat, you know, the cake with the, um, awful coloring, food coloring. Um, let's not even get into that subject, but if you want to read about food coloring, just type in food coloring, go to chemicalfreegal.com and I have a few articles on that, um, that I wrote about 10 years ago. And, um, so I was the mom I'd show up with, you know, all of our food. And so if there was a church barbecue or gathering or, you know, a get together at a friend's or, you know, if we had to travel, we would travel with, of course, my Vitamix because that's the Mac daddy of all blenders. And so if you don't have a Vitamix, I highly recommend you invest in one. So I traveled with my Vitamix. Um, I traveled with a cooler full of everything that we needed. Um, because I just value health. I value treating my body properly. I value taking care of my temple. It's always been very important to me and for my husband as well and for our children. My husband was actually uh, quite sick um, before I met him. And so we've gone through many ups and downs with his health. And just he saw the differences in just turning around and changing his diet and, and how much better he felt. And so I've always been very passionate about that. And so there was no reason on my, in my notes <laughs> as to why I was feeling so sick and having all of these symptoms. It turned out that the um, sick building where I was working had very high levels of several toxigenic molds. And so I didn't know this when I started. I didn't know that the building had previously had um, many leaks where the offices, including mine, where I was placed, were underwater, you know, an inch or more. And um, I remember in the first year I was there, there were some leaks. And I remember coming in to there being a little less about an uh, inch or less of water in many of the offices. And they had a dehumidifier in there. And they were vacuuming up the water and they had fans and that's all they did. And I was as ignorant, you know, and as far as the topic of toxigenic mold, I, I was ignorant, <laughs> you know, I was a standard person. Uh, you know, you see something moldy or musty in your home, you just wipe it down with bleach, you get over it. It's not going to hurt you. Okay. It was the same thing with me with perfumes. I was the master wearer of all perfumes. Um, uber vain. I wouldn't go out, not even to grab, you know, something at the grocery store for five minutes without, you know, bathing myself in perfume. I kept perfume in my car and they were expensive perfumes. I invested in expensive perfumes because I like them. I like smelling good, you know? So in my early twenties, I wasn't very, um, intelligent as far as those topics. I was a very uneducated, but I learned very quickly as I got sick. And so, you know, I didn't think it was an issue to see, people just vacuuming up water and using a dehumidifier and a fan. I didn't think for once, well, gosh, what could be happening behind those walls? What could be happening to the drywall now that's soggy and wet? Now, if you want to see what happens to drywall that gets wet, just buy a little piece at your local Home Depot, put it outside, let it get rained on for a week, and then go back and tell me, tell me what you find. It's not going to be the way that you bought it. It's going to be mushy and nasty. And so that's what happens behind wall cavities. 
when there is water intrusion, when there are leaks. And sometimes there will be no visible signs. There will be no visible mold. You can walk into a house that's maybe just a few years old. It's a new construction and get very ill. And people say, well, it's a brand new house. You shouldn't be making me sick. And there are two reasons for this. One, it could be just all the new products that are being used. Um, they off-gas VOCs. So you have new cabinetry, which is treated in chemicals. You have new flooring, vinyl. Um, you have the paints that off-gas VOCs. You know, there's formaldehydes and all the other ides and other VOCs that are very toxic. We have very poor construction practices um, in our country, sadly. Um, I believe that as buildings and homes are being built, they should be aired out. There should be a cross flow of air, especially after construction is done, to allow all of the chemicals that are in the air, all of the VOCs should be allowed to go out. I think if we did this, we'd see a lot less people reacting to their new homes and their new environments. Um, I think it's very important. And sadly, I don't know any contractors that do that. And I know quite a few. And so what's the problem with, um, you know, leaks and not repairing, not removing baseboard that's wet and soggy on the back? I never visibly saw any mold in the early years. I did see what looked like soot, uh, what looked like grime, like wet. I don't know how to explain it. It was this pasty black that was in all of the air vents and my office particularly had the most. Um, there was another office too that was a little worse than mine, but mine was really bad. And so you, the air vent was virtually right over my head where my, where I sat, where my desk was. And it was always covered in this black, sticky, grimy stuff. And it took a while, but eventually we connected the dots through our medical team, through researching, through so many doctor's appointments that we had, you know, my office tested. And sure enough, you know, as I mentioned earlier, um, several toxigenic molds. And when I say toxigenic, uh, these are molds that produce poisons. And so in layman's terms, it's like um, the mold has babies, right? And so these babies are, they're just kill babies. They are toxic. They're, they're going to annihilate you. And in scientific terms or medical terms, you would say they are, mycotoxins are secondary metabolites produced by certain molds. Now, not all molds are toxic. Not all molds produce mycotoxins, but those that do are a reason for concern. And there are certain molds and mycotoxins that should never be indoors in any amount. Now, this is a, an argument. It's a debate that we have in our country because sadly, there are no standards um, for safety for mold indoors. It's pretty much every state has their own, you know, uh, rules that they go by in some cases. Some states have laws against toxigenic mold. Some don't. There is nothing at the federal level to protect us. And this is a big problem. You know, we, we see it with lead. We see it with asbestos. We saw it with tobacco. What happened? Oh, these, these things are safe. You know, um, back when camel and, and tobacco, the tobacco industry was starting. And what did we see? We had commercials with doctors in their lab coats. And what were they saying? More doctors smoke camel. <laughs> and these were commercials that were aired. You know, these were um, posters that were pasted places outdoors. 
doctors promoting something that's carcinogenic, right? How many years did it take for the surgeon general to say, "Uh uh-uh, wait a second, guys, we need to place a warning on these products. And you had those naysayers and you had uh, other people in the crowd that were saying, there's something wrong here. Um, Tobacco is toxic, you know, and sadly, anytime uh, people in our society tend to speak up about something like that, they're labeled as conspiracy theorists or quacks or simply they're just mistreated or discriminated against, which I think is absolutely silly and it's, it's unfair and it's just disrespectful. Um, because a lot of times if we listen to those people who are researching, who have gone through these experiences, they know what they're talking about. And so in the case of tobacco, thank God now we have those warnings and we know what happens with, you know, um, lifelong smokers, what can happen in the case of lead. Um, we have legislation now, and we know that lead is toxic. So you wouldn't have your baby, your toddler, you yourself wouldn't go into a home that has uh, paint with lead in it, and you wouldn't scratch it and put it in your mouth. You, you wouldn't. Why? Because we know. The same thing with asbestos. We know now, but we didn't always. And so there are laws at the federal level for these things, but there are, there's nothing right now for toxigenic mold. Nothing exists to protect people or to give them an insight. You know, the um, EPA does have some guidelines on their website, um, which are very helpful and I'm thankful for. But it's all thrown up. Um, It's all given up for interpretation based on who reads it, based on the contractor, based on the doctor. Um, And a lot of the publications point to mold just causing allergies or only injuring those who are uh, with weak immune systems, which is a flat out lie. That is not true. I did not have a weak immune system. I did not have any autoimmune conditions. I had perfect health. I was the picture of perfect health. I have every single year of checkups to prove that. Working in a water damage building annihilated me. It destroyed my health. It took away years and years of my life with my family, with my children. Years I'll never get back, being extremely sick. And in the beginning, no one understood. No one could find out what was happening. In the beginning, none of the doctors that I spoke with, you know, wanted to dig deep and ask the right questions, which is something that really frustrates me. I always wonder why is it that the doctors can't ask about the environment? And I've said this many times before on my blog and on Twitter, I've expressed that most of the doctors that I saw in the early stages of my health decline never asked about my environment, not once, not one single doctor, and they never considered that it could be making me sick. This is extremely frustrating I also often say that we need more doctors to start thinking outside of the box and to fix this problem because it's a serious problem. It's, it's a serious problem and it's devastating lives. If you don't believe it is, then just look up the lawsuits against, you know, the hospital in Washington, children dying because of toxigenic mold in operating rooms. And one of the cases, I believe the girl, uh, a girl that had surgery, they opened up her spine and she had had surgery in that hospital and they found mold 
what looks like a black mold wrapped around her spinal cord. I mean, tell the parents that have lost children to toxigenic mold that mold only causes allergies. This is an absolute lie. And any person that says that, I would ask you to please look at the literature. There are published papers. There are doctors now, not a lot of them, but the amount is growing daily. There are doctors who have studied this, who treat hundreds of patients, and they offer good information. They have done their own tests, and they understand now that toxigenic mold can completely destroy you. It destroyed me. It destroyed my health. It destroyed all of my hopes and dreams in regards to furthering my education, in regards to my um, corporate career, in regards to dreams I had with my husband and my children. It completely immobilized me for many years. And it took the right doctors, the right team, traveling out of state, researching, reading, meeting people, to really understand that mold indoors can be a big problem. And I want to lastly, because I know this, this uh, podcast is quite long. Um, I'm setting a goal to do podcasts between 10 and 45 minutes. So I'm still within that time frame. But I wanted to touch on a specific mold, um, stachybotrys. And so we hear about it sometimes in the media. The media erroneously has, on more than one occasion over the last couple decades, referred to stachybotrys as black mold or toxic black mold. Now, I don't recommend you use that term because there are molds that are not toxic that are black. So you may have a little bit of uh, mold in your home under a window that may look black, and it's not stachybotrys. It's not uh, aspergillus that also produces mycotoxins. It's not cladosporum. It's not any of the toxic... Uh, varieties of mold. It's just an allergenic mold that you just need to wipe down, uh, maybe growing on a metal or on a glass surface because of condensation, poorly constructed windows, which is another topic for another podcast. Um, but that doesn't mean it's toxigenic. But stachybotrys is often referred to as the black mold of all black molds as the toxic mold. And I want to tell you that stachybotrys should never be indoors. I don't care what anyone tells you. Stachybotrys is problematic. It is neurotoxic. The mold produces mycotoxins that are neurotoxins. These toxins, guys, they've been used in biological warfare. They've been studied for that purpose. Why would something be used in biological warfare if it wasn't extremely toxic? You don't want this stuff in your house. Any mold tester remediator that tells you that any amount of stachybotrys is safe um, should not be employed by you for anything. I would say thank you and have them leave your home immediately or your office. It's, it's a very um, difficult topic because remediators and testers, nobody's on the same page. Somebody will say, well, you know, if your house has 500 spores per cubic meter of stachybotrys, it's okay. No, that's not okay. You know, um, we rented a home uh, for a very short time, for about two months, and uh, everyone started to feel very, very sick within the first day. This home was a fairly new home, beautiful neighborhood in a country club, gated community, not an old home at all, um, two-story, just beautiful. And everyone started having, having issues. 
uh, coughing up blood, nosebleeds. So my, my college-bound son was coughing up blood and having nosebleeds. And um, the rest of us were having neurological and neurocognitive symptoms, loss of balance, tripping, stumbling, falling, regression. Um, two of our, our children were having, you know, older children regression in learning. So doing tasks for the learning was, became very difficult, you know, rashes, all sorts of issues. My muscular pain, I couldn't move waking up in this house. I could not move. My husband could not take off his shirt without screaming in, in pain. He had severe inflammation in the arms and the shoulders and the back, the back muscles. He had severe cramping and spasms. I immediately knew something was wrong. And um, we, you know, um, got out of that lease as quick as we could. And in the meantime, we slept outdoors. We, you know, did a camping, camping adventure. And so we had a big, big tent and we set that up in, in, in the, in the yard as far as way as we could from the home. And that's where we had to sleep until we could get out of the lease because just being in that home was, the symptoms were unbearable. And so I tell you that experience because I know I've learned a lot about mold and uh, toxigenic mold over the years. And we made a mistake. You know, we rented a home that we saw briefly. We trusted the owners. You know, windows and doors were open at the time we were there and they were diffusing some oils because they were cleaning. And we didn't feel well when we went there. And I immediately chalked it up to the essential oils that were being used. Um, they were diffusing something that's for the immune system, according to, uh, to the, the company that produces these oils. And it's very heavy in the cinnamon, which I absolutely hate. Um, it makes me feel extremely ill, this product that people diffuse everywhere. And the funny thing is, is that I used to make my own, um, blends, herbal blends and essential oil blends way before any of these products were available on the market. I used to do roll-ons for different things. And I worked with essential oils for a long time, even alongside our own pediatrician. And I can't, I, I can't tolerate them, most of them anymore. And as I got sick in, in the building where I worked, I became very chemically intolerant uh, to the point where I had to give away all my essential oils. And they were very pure organic oils. Um, so purity wasn't an issue. The reason with essential oils is that Certain oils, uh, the chemical compounds in the oils, like um, my brain just froze, I think it's limonene, um, react, can react with ozone, and certain chemical compounds can react with sunlight. And here's what happens they create secondary VOCs like formaldehyde. And so this is very problematic for people who are chemically intolerant and sensitive. Um, and so with this house, we, you know, kind of were deceived. They were cleaning with this product and we went in for a few minutes, saw it. My husband did a full inspection. There were no visible um, issues except for a little bit of um, mold on a metal frame of, of the windows because it had rained and they were using um, shutters for hurricane season. And um, But it was just in one area. So it, it was on the glass and a little piece of the metal on the outside, not on the inside. The walls looked perfect. Everything else looked perfect. We all um, got very sick and we chalked it up to the essential oils because the woman that was diffusing it, the owner, was just, it was extremely strong. And we were deceived. So um, as we moved in, I knew the first day and not being able to wake up and everyone having these symptoms, it, there was something deadly wrong. Sure enough, you know, we hired 
one of uh, the better um, indoor air quality specialists and hygienists in our area. You know, it was very expensive and they did a thorough inspection of, you know, um, attic and windows and floors and air conditioning. I mean, it was a four hour deal and they found levels in the hundreds of thousands. Okay. So particularly stacky buttress in uh, one of the walls was over 18,000 in the wall cavity sample. Um, in one of the other areas, uh, Aspergillus penicillin, which, um, also produces, secondary metabolites, mycotoxins, that can be very damaging to human health. Uh, one of the areas was over 400,000. And so I share this to let you know that even the best of us, even those who have researched and know, and I've spoken to toxicologists and um, experts in the field, and I've learned a lot and I still have a lot to learn, but I got duped <laughs> and um, it, it really affected us. It you know, I was on my healing journey and then got pushed all the way back with just, you know, a small amount of time in a very toxic building. So I want to share this with you just to make you aware, just to let you know, please research, please look for information. If you need information on toxigenic mold and on mycotoxins, go to chemicalfreegal.com. Just type in mold, type in mycotoxins, type in toxigenic mold, and you will find a ton of articles I've also listed medical studies on there. You can read case studies of families that were injured because of the biotoxins in water damaged buildings. I also recommend you uh, check out a website called Paradigm Change. Fantastic information about mold. Um, and, and there's many other resources that you can, you know, look into if you're looking at information about diet and how you know, the fungal world affects us in other areas. I would check out knowthecause.com. Doug Kaufman, I know him, a very sweet man. And he shares a wealth of information on a weekly basis on Facebook. And he has some good information on his website as well. And he has a couple books that he had sent me years ago. Um, and they're wonderful to read as well. So I would encourage you to research to look into if your environment could be making you sick. There is always room for us to look into these things. So thank you again. God bless you. And I hope you have a great rest of your week.